Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 12 of Points and Penalties. My name is Josh, and with me are my co-hosts, Jesse, Peter, and Kevin. And we've got a special guest, our Murphy's Law giveaway winner, Ryan. So, Ryan, what are you drinking? Uh, today I'm drinking, uh, sorry, Jess, you're going to be very disappointed, but I'm only sitting at 5% uh, with Coors Original. Peter, what are you drinking? Thanks, Ryan. And I might refer to him as DeLine throughout the show, just so everybody knows. Uh, I am drinking a Wellington Brewery Upside Hazy, Juicy, and Tropical IPA. It is a 6.8 alcohol by volume. And it's pretty good. First couple of sips. Kev, what are you drinking? I'm having um, <clears throat> Crown Royal with a uh, butterscotch liqueur sipper. Jesse, what are you drinking? Well, boys, I finally had some pretty weak beer. But it was from a friend down the road, a neighbor. He uh, owns a brewery called MVP Brewing Company. The beer is called The Game Changer. And it's less than what Ryan has, 4.5. But... MVB represents a bunch of sports and everything like that. And they get a lot, they have all their beers and stuff like that inside the Stratford municipal golf course and everything like that. So they're, uh, they're big around here and in Mitchell and everything like that. Josh, what are you drinking tonight? Guys, I got some upper Thames brewing. Uh, the beer is called take a hike. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to challenge you. Okay. You said tonight it's two thirty in the afternoon. Shut up, man. That's not a fucking challenge. Challenge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let me continue on, and then we can decide if that's a challenge or not. Six. You're never alcohol. invited again. Yeah. No shit. Kick them <laughs> off already. How was your drink, asshole? Six yeah. percent <laughs> strong beer. Uh, it's actually really good. Double dry hop ale. It says instead of Woodstock. I like it. I like it. Now, uh, if you need to take a point from me already, fine. But I don't know. I don't know, boys. I think as a guest, I win. The customer's no. always right, right? And I no, won. no chance. You're in the. You already won the Murphy's Law. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You already won a fucking contest. All right, guys. I want to start this week's show talking about the Blue Jays. Haven't been too shit hot this week, except for Saturday evening. Uh, they won 15 to one last night against the Angels. Uh, throughout the week, they've gone two and four. One and two, both versus Texas and LA, and they will play today. The game was scheduled at one, but I believe because last night's game went long or went, was delayed because of rain and went late, uh, they've postponed it a little bit uh, later today. Last night, though, Bull, five RBI, Vlad had three, and Randall Gritchick had three RBIs. So these guys are starting to, uh, to light it up a little bit and uh, starting to get exciting. They're not, uh, you know, not top dogs in the in the AL East being four and five and in fourth ahead of just the Yankees right now, but it's, uh, it's looking good. It's looking good. What are you guys thinking so far? Pure domination there yesterday though, man, if they can keep that, that going on, those bats and those uh, unbelievable, are, are, they're going to be the world series champs. <laughs> you know, I can't disagree. Uh, the one thing I'd like to point out is they went that whole game scoring 15 runs and there was a one home run put through. So, that's a big game for hits. For sure. Yeah. It looked pretty bad to me. <laughs> Minus last night, they, they haven't looked that good, to tell you the truth. But especially losing against Texas, the series to Texas, that was that was a tough one. Oh, we spoiled their home opener, though. 
Yeah, but they're not supposed to be a good team either. Yeah, fair enough. I think they just wanted to get out of Texas as quick as possible with all the fans in the stadium. I would too. I'd want to get the hell out of Dodge as well. It was actually nuts. That was giving me anxiety watching that. <laughs> I think one of the commentators actually said, though, I don't know if those are cutouts at the top, but no, those are actual people. Full stadium. Yeah. Yeah, I guess they didn't sell out, but they were they were going for it. They weren't limiting it. Uh, George Springer still hurt. He's now hurt his uh, his leg, I believe it was after calf, I believe calf. Okay, I told you it was his leg. Uh, so he's he was looked to be on track to return uh, late last week from his oblique, and then now tweaked a little something something. So he's out a little longer. Latest indication I've heard is earliest would be Thursday. Be real nice to see him make his debut. Inject some uh, fresh blood in that roster. Yeah, like Gritchick hasn't been playing bad in his absence. Like I said last night, he got three RBI, but he's no he's no George Springer. And I want to see a damn Springer dinger. Yeah, for sure. Well, last night he kind of tripped over his own feet trying to dive for a ball. It looked like the line trying to dive for a ball out in the outfield. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. He, he did miss one out in there. And just like too. the line, it hit him in the head too. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't do no sense to it. I've never been hit on the head. Oh, that's funny. So, yeah, the Jays, like I said, are fourth in the AL East. And the number one team who started 0-3, the Boston Red Sox, they're on a five-game win streak and have just shot up the standings in the AL East. And uh, like I said, they're in first place. And I guess I guess they're the team to beat now. Pretty crazy after an 0-3 start. Hey, Kev, do you want to change your uh, prediction on the season after that or what? Not at all. Okay. Okay. Long season. They, I don't think yeah. I don't think Boston's going to finish top of the AL East. I can't argue there. They they don't have the on paper. They don't have the best team in the AL East. But paper is one thing, and grass is another, right? So uh, who knows? Maybe maybe they, especially if this win streak keeps going, maybe it's eight or ten games they get up by a good margin. But uh, like Baltimore is up there too, right? So yeah, they're not supposed to be good either. But just the beginning of the <laughs> yeah. first the first month, that everyone's knocking off the rust. Another little story here for the. MLB, we had a record broken. Tim LaCastro uh, sets an MLB record of 28 straight stolen bases to start a career without getting caught. Uh, the Hall of Fame has actually asked for his cleats because they need to replace the shrine that was Tim Raines, who had won, or sorry, had stolen 27 straight bases uh, between 1979 and 1981. This is a, this is a pretty cool little record. A nice record to have to start your career. Yeah, for sure. And especially because the Hall of Fame is saying, hey, like we want those shoes, you know. Do you give them to them though? Don't, wouldn't you want those shoes to carry on? To, to go for 29? So I think he got to keep the, the base, the second base that he stole. That's what he got to keep because he had to give up his cleats to the That's Hall okay. of Fame. That's okay. I'd do that. That's, That's a decent trade. Yeah, I, yeah. I, guess, right. I guess I know what you're saying, Kim, but he probably didn't use the same shoes for all – 28. 28 because it was last year right all right like he hasn't sold 28 bases already this year <laughs> if he has i should have fucking put him <laughs> on my fantasy team <laughs> i was gonna say i never even heard of this guy until until he has. either have i the only reason he's playing is because Ketel Marte is uh, is out with injury so he's he's playing some center field right now 
and this guy's pretty fast. I was watching a couple YouTube videos on him. He can, he can circle the wagons. Hmm. And our last little thing here on the MLB guys, as we were talking about uh, Fernando Tatis and his giant contract, and he has since gotten hurt. Did you see that swing though? That, that I mean, I'm telling you, that guy was swinging for beyond the fences well, when he when he when he had this injury with his arm or shoulder. What was the count? I mean, if it was three zero, he might as well, right? I don't know what the count was, man, but I'm telling you, he was swinging for beyond fences. It was it was just a monster swing. So a torn labrum uh, off that swing, as Kev said, and it's kind of up in the air right now whether it's a surgical injury or non-surgical. Seems like team president is saying that it is not surgical, but uh, many others are saying, "Are you crazy? This is a torn labrum. It's a surgical injury. Surgical would likely end his season, or or most most of it. And if he ends up playing, he's probably not going to be even at ninety percent for the whole year. If that's the case, if he doesn't hurt himself even more, San Diego has uh, playoff aspirations. So, what do you want to do here? Like you said, if he if he gets surgery, he's probably out for the rest of the year. Maybe comes back for the playoffs, but it's a uh, it's a tough decision to do what to do here with player of his caliber. I'd say if there's a chance you get him back for the playoffs, I would do the surgery now. Yep. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of is it surgical? You know, we've getting all kinds it. of. Well, they've taken MRIs and, and whatnot, and they're just they're still conflicting report. And no surgery, to my knowledge, has been scheduled or at least reported on. So, who knows what's going on there? But it's a shitty thing to happen when you put you know invest all that money. Now it's not a huge amount of money this year, so that Tatis is making. So it's not the biggest loss that way, but it's the biggest loss. The best player on their team, or at least second best, maybe Machado. Some people might argue the best best player on that team, but. Uh, no matter what, it's going to hurt. Yeah. If I'm them and if they have World Series aspirations this year, and you try and get them healthy for the playoffs, you don't worry too much about the uh, regular season. And like you said, get him into surgery right away. Yeah. Maybe he's getting a second or a third opinion. Who knows, right? So tomorrow's a big day in the NHL? Yeah. Tomorrow is the trade deadline, which by the time this show is released to the public, it'll have happened, so... We'll be uh, behind the eight ball. People already know what transpired, but we're going to talk about what we think might happen. Uh, biggest piece out there, to my mind anyway, is Taylor Hall. Do we think Taylor Hall is going to be moved out of Buffalo, and where do we think he's going to go? Well, I know he's going to be out of Buffalo, but whoever he goes to, I feel sorry for them. See, I don't know. If he made his way onto the Leafs, I don't think I would be disappointed. I wouldn't like that deal at all. It's a former hard winner, Kev. How can you beat that up too much? I don't give a shit, man. How many? I just think this guy's a pure cancer of a room. This guy walks into a room and he just doesn't have that morale. Doesn't have that. I don't okay. know. I just, so I just don't. Just like because him. you're fighting this, I'm going to cheer that the Leafs are going to chase him. And when they do something good with them, <laughs> I'll be able to rub it in next time they, I see you. If if they get him, if they get him, they better move him right away. I can't say that I want him. He's on an expiring deal, and they don't have money to re-sign him. So if if the Leafs land Taylor Hall, it's a rental for one year, yep. and that's it, unless they do something significant to make cap space. We don't want him long-term, but we'd take him short-term. Yeah. Nope. Says the guy who didn't like Brady. <laughs> so I would take him uh, as a rental. 
I don't know what the the asking price is. I assume it's probably like a first round pick. I would pay that personally if they're they got to take half his salary. But um, you would pay that. I would pay that. Yeah. Expiring contract. Yeah. I heard something today that actually, uh, and I just read it on Facebook, so you can't take it at a uh, with that much value. But Detroit is all in on Taylor Hall, and pretty much Detroit Toronto has jumped off this uh, this chance to get him. So I wonder how that's going to go. They're willing to trade Manta and Larkin, which is kind of crazy. Yes, me. Wow. Why would you get rid of the two powerhouses for a cancer? You got to stop trusting Facebook. There's. I guarantee you there's no way that deal no checks out. Oh, that doesn't make any Stevie Y loves him for some reason. Okay, so sign him when he's a free agent in the summer. Well, that's what I would say. I don't really agree with the players, but they're willing to get rid of anyone. It's pretty much what they're saying. It's not those two players so much. That's not going to happen. So the players, the teams I've heard that are in on Taylor Hall are the Islanders, the Bruins, the Leafs, and the Flames. The Flames, I don't think, make a lot of sense because they're – sorry, Flames fans, but you're, you're out. You're not making the playoffs this year unless something drastic happens. And Tyler, Taylor Hall probably is not that. So it's Isles, Bruins, Leafs, at least that I've heard in, in the rumor mill. I think it probably makes a lot of sense for all those teams. Maybe not the Islanders so much anymore because they just uh, they just made the Kyle Palmieri and Travis Ajak deal. And what I did here is that they had a deal essentially agreed to with uh, with Buffalo for Taylor Hall, but they elected to go with Kyle Palmieri instead from the Devils, and apparently that's because of the added Travis Zajac piece, who is, you know, at this point in his career, he's a a guy. He's a bottom six player, in my opinion, and just not, not too much value. So I don't know if the Islanders necessarily made the right move there, but time will tell. Uh, but apparently they had, a, they had a deal done, or at least – agreed to uh, for Taylor Hall, which I don't think is impossible for them to still add him at this point. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's possible. So yeah, might come down to Bruins release or some other team that we're not even thinking about. Actually, I've heard St. Louis rumored in there as well. So we'll see what happens there with Taylor Hall. And I wouldn't be upset to see him on the Leafs for the playoff run. Cheers to that. So the trades that happened this week leading up to the trade deadline... Uh, like I mentioned, the Islanders added Palmieri and Zajac. Uh, they got them from the Devils for a first and a fourth, uh, and Mason Jobs and A.J. Greer. Um, so the Devils are obviously building for the future and getting rid of some of their uh, veteran guys. The Islanders are adding for their playoff run. Uh, the Panthers added Brandon Montour from the Sabres uh, for a third-round pick. They're just adding defensive depth. Uh, the Avalanche added Devin Dubnik. From the Sharks for Greg Pattern and a fifth in 2021. That's uh, just a backup goaltending depth. Uh, the Lightning added David Savard in a three-way trade and Brian Lashoff and involved the Blue Jackets and the Red Wings. Blue Jackets got a first and a third out of the deal. And the Red Wings picked up a fourth-round pick. Uh, basically, to get that fourth-round pick, they had to eat half of half of, half of uh, David Savard's contract. So David Savard's contract is actually no, that's seven. a quarter, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and exactly. So the Lightning are only paying a quarter of Savard's salary because the Blue Jackets retain half, and then the Red Wings retains a quarter. 
so that's some creative cap movement by the Lightning to get a starting caliber defenseman that they're going to use in the playoff run for cheap. And finally, the Leafs added Riley Nash from the Blue Jackets for a conditional seventh in 2022. Um, and from what I can tell, this trade is more or less Riley Nash is injured right now, and he's likely going to be injured right up until the playoffs. So he, from what I understand, he's going to go right on long-term injury reserve and not his 2.75 million AAV cap hit is not going to hit the Leafs cap hit at all. From what I understand, it actually increases their cap hit because he's going to go directly on LTIR. It's a bit of a weird loophole with the cap where they actually, I think, gain cap space by adding this guy. Uh, and then he can still be available for the playoffs. And he's a, he might be a decent fourth-line center option for the playoffs. He's a very defensive guy. He won't get you any points, but he can shut down. Kyle Dubas is a genius. That's all I can say <laughs> about that. So to bring in Riley Nalish, also to place Frederick Anderson on LTIR, that opens up all that calf space for him to go spend money on Monday. And they come back at the start of the playoffs with no penalty, no cap issues, nothing like that. It's, it's crazy how they let that happen in the playoffs, to be honest. But, well, good on you, Dubas. Exactly. And the Leafs are taking a little bit of advantage of this. The Lightning are taking full advantage of this with Nikita Kucherov and his whatever his salary is, $9 million something. It is fully not counting against their cap this year because he's out until the playoffs. And he just conveniently is going to be healthy and ready to go for the start of the playoffs. <laughs> that is, that's just really strange how you guys, you open up cap space by putting people on the IR. I've never heard yeah. of that before. It's a weird little NHL loophole. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like the physically unable to perform list, right? In football. It's kind of the same. Thing. Yeah. But it, like, it, I guess so. But you have to be out a certain amount of weeks. Is it the same thing with the, yeah, you can't. Is uh, in NFL though, Josh. I thought the physically uh, unable to perform list is only at the beginning of the season. That you can only list them as that at the beginning of the season. You can't do it like midway through. Maybe, yeah. But isn't there still a long term IR there then for because you can designate somebody to come back later, right? If they get hurt, yeah. So it, it just clears out a roster space. It doesn't clear out your um your your cap space. It's, it still yeah. hits your cap. Mm. Well, there's a little bit of loophole for the NHL then, so the yeah. teams can take advantage. When they, some of them, the Lightning, take full advantage. Like, I think with the trades they made coming up to today, their actual cap number for the, call it for the playoffs, is something like $99.9 million, and the cap is 81.5. So they're way, way, way over the cap, but because of their use of LTIR, they're compliant and they're going to have a very expensive team in the playoffs that is fully legal. So once they come back from IR, it doesn't affect their cap space or it does? It does in the regular season, but it doesn't count in the playoffs. So what Tampa is doing and what the Leafs are doing with Riley Nash is they're not playing the guy until the playoffs where it doesn't matter. So he's not going to, Riley Nash isn't going to play any regular season games with the Leafs. And Nikita Kucherov isn't going to play any regular season games with the Lightning, even though he's probably healthy now. And as soon as the playoffs start, those guys will be in the lineup. And it's shenanigans. Huh. All right. Different for sure. Yeah. So, anyway, what they've done is they've freed up cap space for a potentially uh, big move on deadline day tomorrow. 
and we'll see what happens. Maybe Kev will be upset about the Leafs adding Taylor Hall. I will be if they do. <laughs> okay, so the Leafs just update on what they've done this week. Uh, they're back in first place in the league, so that's good to see. They've been uh, a few weeks now not first in the league where they were back at the start of the season. But they went 4-0 over this week and brought themselves back up to first overall. Yeah, they're at seven and, wins in a row, right, Pete? Uh, maybe. Challenge. Sure. You would, Kev. What's your number, Kev? Eight. As he fucking reads <laughs> <laughs> You're wrong, too, Kev. Challenge that. Double challenge. Somebody's going to have to look that up. Someone else looked that up. I'm going to keep on talking about my Leafs. So, like I said, they're in first place. Colorado, Carolina, and Tampa are all one point back. And two of those teams, Colorado and Carolina, have a game in hand. So there are, there are four teams very close to the top of the league. We'll see where it shakes out at the end. The Leafs have never won a President's Trophy. So we'll see we'll see how that shakes out. Uh, it'd be nice to see a President's Trophy in the Leafs. Never? Collection. Never. 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 Really? So the reason is that the President's Trophy didn't come around until the 80s. So back in the Leafs' glory days when there were six teams in the league and they were dominating the, the league, the trophy didn't exist. So pretty much since we were even somewhat decent, it hasn't been around. That's right. Pretty much. Except for the early 90s. <laughs> yeah. When we were half decent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. And even the early 2000s, they were okay. F. Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> It was a high stick, goddammit. <laughs> Jack Campbell broke the record, the NHL record for most consecutive wins to start a season. He is now 11-0 and on the year and is playing lights out. It'll be interesting to see if he gets any discussion when it comes to Vezina voting. He's putting up numbers that are, that are right there, but he's only played 11 games. So I don't I don't think he'll be – he's definitely not going to win, I don't think, unless he plays, like, all the rest of the games, which is not going to happen. But it'll be interesting to see if he gets any votes. Just the way he's playing, he's playing out of Vezina caliber. He just doesn't have the – The volume? The workload, I guess, the volume to to earn the trophy. But we'll see what happens there. It'll be interesting. Yeah, I think the volume is going to hurt him for sure on the potential votes and whatnot. But... Yeah, definitely. Except – he may go the rest of the season without a loss. The Leafs are that good, boys. I'm just saying. Wouldn't that be something? That would be amazing to see somebody like that. It would be ahead. cool to put a, a, a perfect record on the year. That'd be, that'd be cool. And it'll uh, have a good chance of happening if Matthews keeps putting up the goal totals he's been putting up. He got his third career hat trick on Saturday night. Yeah. It blows my mind that it's only his third career hat trick. You Especially since the more. first one was in the first game, right? He had four that's in the right. first game, so it's a lot more games than only two. That's right. And so he scored two goals in a game 35 times so far in his career and only three hat-tricks. It is kind of crazy considering there's a lot of people just like me that would say that he's probably the best player in the league. Who's Connor McDavid? Uh, easy there, Tiger. <laughs> hey, Connor McDavid is good when he's skating 100. 20 mile an hour. How good is he when he's skating 60? Still really, really good. I feel like he's getting <laughs> shut out 5 nothing when he's not skating at his peak. That's because his team is built on two players. But he's, don't kid yourself, he's the best player in the league. 
I'd argue that on that. You are, you would argue that anyways, just to argue. Yeah, well, I would almost challenge that Matthews is the best player in the league. No. Yo, that guy skates like two kilometers an hour. I don't know how we uh, make that decision. Yeah, that's not a challengeable (laughs) fucking thing. Anyway, McDavid's better. Matthews might be too. We'll see. So he got his hat trick last night. Uh, He has 31 goals now on the year. Uh, There's 16 games left. 50 is not impossible. He's going to do it. He's not going to do it. I don't think he's going to do it. That's He would need to score every single game and, I guess, three multi-goal games. He can do it. He can do it. I don't think he's going to do it. He's not going to do it. They're going to add Taylor Hall. And they're going to put him on a line with, with Matthews. And he's gonna he's a fucking phenomenal playmaker, Taylor Hall. Oh, Graham Kenyak did crazy good last night, and I'm actually pretty happy to have that guy right now. So am I. Yeah. I like it. That is looking like a crazy good move, eh? Like he yeah. was traded back to back weeks, and then he's you know made his way up from the taxi squad onto the starting lineup, and he's been pretty good so far. Really good. Very happy with how that's shaking out. So yeah, I don't think he's getting 50, 40. I think guaranteed unless he gets hurt again, but not good. COVID finally made his way to the Toronto Maple Leafs. William Nylander's in protocol. He had a close contact with a positive case. Uh, everything I've heard is he is not tested positive, but he is in protocol till at least later uh, later this week. Um, so we'll see what happens there. If this is the worst of the Leafs' COVID impact this year, then I think we escaped in very good shape because you've seen what happened to teams like the Canucks where they got hammered. They got... I think almost their entire team was on protocol and a lot coaches. of them were positive. And coaches yeah. and everything. Wow. The light at the end of the tunnel is there. I think they are returning to play on April 16th, which is next Friday. And we'll see how they do because COVID is not just two weeks and you're done and it's over and it's gone. It might impact some players long longer term than that, even if it's gone. So we'll see. We'll see if uh, if the Canucks can come back to playing at full speed right away. And they weren't playing great anyway, so we'll see what happens there. I think the Canucks are a prime example of why the Maple Leafs need to kind of push William Nylander aside, even though I'm his biggest fan. But in all reality, you're seeing what a, what a team is going through during this pandemic. And, you know, what it'd be good to uh, see them take the precautions, put Nylander out a little bit longer, just when you get to compare what's going on with the Canucks. Yeah, absolutely. And it seems like in this case, the protocols worked where they found the close contact. They pulled him out right away. It doesn't seem to have impacted anyone else. And I don't know if it really impacted him. I think he's just off because of protocol. I don't think he's he's got it, but I don't know. So, yeah, it'd be nice to see the Canucks come back and uh, we'll see if they end up playing all the games or not. They might not. Oh, because we talked about it before that they might not have him play all the games. Yeah, depends how... It shakes out. As of now, the plan is still that they're going to play them all. But if they're meaningless, they may or may not. Hey, what was the original uh, estimate of the completion of the regular season? Because I feel like it was May 8th, and maybe it's only been a week pushback to try and let this happen, or you guys have any better information? I don't have the exact dates, but it's something like that. It was early May, and it's been extended by about a week. It's not too bad, considering all the games that they've got to go, go through and bounce back and forth across the countries and so on and so forth. Yep. 
we had a challenge. We didn't uh, figure that out. So the winning streak, you were talking about the Leafs? Yeah. Yes. Six games, according to the NHL, NHL.com. So you're both wrong. Yes. There was a double challenge, though. I called the other side. It doesn't matter. You you both lose a point. (laughs) (laughs) I knew Kev would, but I didn't know if I would. Of course, man. You're part of it. Just because you're a guest doesn't mean you're uh, exempt from losing. And we don't forget your record stays if you're a guest again. That doesn't go away. Hey, I'm used to being a sausage, but don't worry. I'm used to losing. <laughs> That's a little inside joke of our our old uh, softball team. We didn't win too much, but we had a lot of fun, drank a lot of beer. Oh, so you did win then. Yeah, win or lose, the beer was cool. To that. Yeah. I think that's the answer to anything that doesn't go your way. Did it change the price of beer? No. Perfect. Let's keep on ticking. As long as it's cold. It's piss warm. I don't know. Fair uh, enough. Unless your grandpa. I mean, Kev. <laughs> so despite these two uh, losers not getting any points in that challenge, uh, we have a big winner who's our MVP this week. Drum roll. The winner this week, and we had a big week actually, lots to choose from. Uh, but the winner is Joe Musgrove. Throwing the first no-hitter in San Diego Padres history on Friday night. And he was just one hit-by-pitch batter away from having a perfect game. He's a local boy, too. Is that yeah, right? he's actually yeah, from, from there. From San Diego, yeah. 10Ks, no walks. Like you said, Peter, just one uh, hit batsman. Threw 112 pitches. And he's predominantly, like, he doesn't throw the heat. He's not a fastball pitcher. He predominantly throws sliders, cutters, and curves. And so he's, uh, he's looking to make you miss on the off-speed stuff, and he did very well. Very yep. well. Clearly, he is good at it. Yeah. It was his first no-hitter as well. So first in San Diego history and first for him. So it's a pretty cool. So. Quite the accomplishment for, you know, getting a, a no-no in baseball is, is huge. Very huge. It's very rare. Especially nowadays with all the really, really, really good hitters. Like, no, there wasn't good hitters back in the day, but – there are a lot of guys that do a lot of training and a lot of extra stuff on, on hitting and to, to throw that no-no. Yeah. I would also just say, if Kev's willing to give any credit anywhere, you got to go with it because he is stingy on that front. <laughs> it's hard to impress Kev. It's hard. I'm old that way. I'm old that way. So do you guys know who has the most no-nos in a career? No, no. Any guesses? I would say he's from the Houston Astros. Landers, what you're um, thinking? No. Um, yeah, I can't. I know with Maddox. Riley. I'm uh, not Riley. Um, I don't know what the hell his name was. Maddox Ryan. isn't a bad answer. Ryan. Nolan Ryan? Yeah. Anybody else? I'm just going to throw out Clayton Kershaw. Guest? DeLine? What do you think? I'm going to say it was David Cohn. David Cohn. No, it was Nolan Ryan. And he had seven of them. Old guy to an old guy. Yep. Now, on the other side of the ball, the catcher. Do you know who has the most no-nos caught in a career? Jason Veritek. He's got four of them. Challenge. Pat Borders. Is it actually Pat Borders? Because I'm pretty sure I read and looked up that it was Jason Barry. In a challenge, you someone's got to research this and see who's right and who's wrong. All right. <laughs> there you go. 
I hope it's Veritech because I could use the point. <laughs> I hope I'm not here just to help you guys. Let's say if it's not Veritech, I didn't do some didn't do very good research this morning. <laughs> uh, Boston Red Sox catcher Jason Veritech and Philadelphia Phillies catcher Carlos Ruiz are tied for the most record for most no hitters with four. Where's Borders in that? <laughs> Nowhere. Nowhere. <laughs> you know, Good job, Brian. I got told I had to throw a name, so I threw a name, but I was just trying to push you. Didn't, you, didn't have to, you didn't have to challenge when he sounds like he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> Yoshi's good at that, though. Sounded like he knows what he's talking about, but he might not be accurate. No, this time he was. And you're minus two. Maybe I won't be in the basement after all. <laughs> Guests don't count at the end of the year, though. Oh, shit. You... Yeah, but the plus is due. Plus is due, yeah. Yeah, it would be pretty tough to... Uh... Wait, were you paid to come here and get Josh points? Because <laughs> yeah. that's not Yo, cool. we had that's some conversation cool. <laughs> before this, but I don't think that was the conversation. I don't know. Definitely not cheating. I would right. say my target is Kev. If I could do anything to mess with Kevin, I'm in here. Oh, I believe that. Sorry, sure Grandpa. Kev down, not necessarily bring Josh up. Kev, you're you're awfully quiet so far today, man. Yeah, what's going on? I, I promised a certain someone that I'd bite my tongue majority through this uh, <laughs> episode. Come on, uh, let her rip, let her <laughs> rip, kid. <laughs> All right, gents, let's jump into the NBA couple big uh, big games for a couple different players. We got Zach Levine scored a career high 50 points on Friday night. He had 39 points in the first half. Only two other players in the last 25 years have scored more than 39 points or 39 or more in the first half. First one 2003, legend Kobe Bryant scored 42. And uh, in 2016 Clay Thompson scored 40. This is a it's a pretty cool thing. Like 39 points and a half is pretty wild. Like you don't like obviously two in the last 25 years, you don't see this too often, you know. And if you're in the same if you're in the same company as Kobe, you're uh, you're doing something right. 100%. Well, and just going to be on the Chicago Bulls and he was the last person to do it before him was Michael Jordan, the best player that ever yep. played the game. So, I'd say that that's a pretty good uh spot to be in as well. Mike, you know, talking about the Chicago Bulls and Mike, he had like 38 50 point games in his career <laughs> like that's insane you know comparing it to like i don't like so career high 50 so he's done it once zach levine and mike did it like 38 times that is nuts man just nuts that's why they called him the god of basketball yeah man so anyway you know cool uh, cool stat there for zach levine and to, to match up there with colby and, and clay so that's that's pretty cool uh now boston celtics not a team that i'm a big fan of but jason tatum Scored a career high 53 on Friday, and that is the most by a Celtics player since Larry Bird in 1985. And when I read that, I, I couldn't believe that. I figured for sure that, you know, Paul Pierce had to have scored that many points at one in one game throughout his career in, in Boston, but apparently not. Going back to the legends, Kev, like you. Like you, not necessarily that you're a legend. I'm sorry, but <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> just, just that you like to talk about the legends. So Larry Bird, Mike Jordan, it's a pretty cool little achievement here to uh, to top Larry Bird, I guess, uh, since '85. Yeah, I can actually say I was actually watching basketball then religiously, you know, and I can actually, you know, I appreciate the good old Larry Bird. 
Never wore 33. Player, Never wore 33 when I played basketball, but, you know. He, he was a great player, man. Great yeah. player. Yeah. Uh, with some other big news here in the NBA, Alex Rodriguez, uh, affectionately known by us as Aroid, who is a baseball player, ex-baseball player, not a basketball player, but he has decided to go into business with Mark Lohr, and they are finalizing a deal to buy the Minnesota Timberwolves and the WNBA's Minnesota Lynx. The deal is rumored to be worth about $1.5 billion. And uh, most of that money is coming from Lore uh, as he's the, he's a billionaire businessman. Not sure exactly how that shakes down with percentages and whatnot, but uh, either way, it doesn't really matter. So current majority owner, Glenn Taylor, will end up keeping full control of both teams until 2023. So there isn't a crazy switch over in power and, and whatnot crazy amount of uh, investment here he invested 88 million dollars into the timberwolves in 1994 taylor did and if they're worth 1.5 billion that's that's crazy now that's obviously with the minnesota Lynx, but uh which he he started that franchise uh, which is my understanding but pretty crazy investment there yeah it's actually nuts so i, I think it's why you're seeing more pro athletes when they're done their careers and they made a lot of money trying to get into buying sports teams because like the T-Wolves have been salty garbage the last fucking 30 years, 26 years, whatever. Yeah. And look at how much fucking their value increased. 88 88 million to 1.5 billion. That's nuts. It is well. And like I said, they haven't been very good. They've only made the playoffs once in the last 26 years. Uh, So not, not really good. Not good at all especially when you had Kevin Garnett too, like you would have thought that they would have been better over those years. I'm assuming I don't, didn't look into when that year was that they made it, but I got to assume that KG was on that team. Now the Minnesota Lynx, they're a little bit better out of the 10 seasons they've been around or at least in the last 10 seasons, they've won four WNBA championships. So that's pretty good uh, pedigree there for, for them. So at least, at least half of his, of Taylor's teams are, are doing good. So like I said, Peter, pretty cool to see these uh, sports figures getting back into sports and no matter what variety getting into the teams. And like you said, it's, it's probably a fix, you know, they probably get a little bit of uh, you know, they need to, they can't play anymore. So they need something to do with sports. So maybe that's part of what it is, but it's good to see that they're somewhat at least trying to invest in their future. And, you know, like you said, the biggest guy that does that, that we've seen recently is LeBron. Yeah. He does so much, not just with buying uh, into uh, the Boston Red Sox organization, but just all his other extracurricular non-basketball investments are insane. Good to see that these guys aren't just blowing their money like uh, like some of the older the older guys from the from the early '90s. And hey, I mean, cocaine and hookers are fun too. Let's not let's not criticize for you know some people <laughs> want to do different things with their money. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so gents, let's get into the Raptors. Busy week for them playing five games this week. They are two and two so far. They play the Knicks later on this evening. They won against Washington and against Cleveland. They lost against the Lakers and the Bulls. Nothing crazy there except for on Tuesday night versus the Lakers. There was a little scuffle. So Dennis Schroeder fouled OG and Anobi. OG and an Obi-Wan went to the ground and kind of grabbed onto Schroeder's legs uh, and they kind of threw him to the ground himself, which I thought was pretty good. Of course, melee ensued. Uh, Montrezl uh, Harrell gets, gets in OG's face and whatnot. 
They end up both end up getting ejected while this is all going on. Fred Van Vliet, DeAndre Bembry run off the bench to try and help protect or talk shit or I don't know what the hell they thought they were doing. But they get out and get into everybody's face. So we kind of had a little bench clearing disagreement. I wouldn't call it a brawl, but we'll call it a disagreement. <laughs> a heated discussion. A heated discussion. <laughs> there you go. So in the aftermath, uh, OG Ananobi fined 30K for throwing Schroeder to the ground. We had uh, the Lakers, Talon Horton Tucker gets one game suspension, and Harold was fined 20 grand for getting in OG's face and whatnot. And Fred Van Vliet and Bembry were suspended a game each for leaving the bench and coming into uh, in defense of OG. So, so interesting, uh, interesting night in basketball on Tuesday with a bench clearing heated discussion. <laughs> Can't beat him. We might as well fight him. That's right. right. That's right. <laughs> Just like I the like old that. hockey team, right, Deline? For sure. Well, we'd fight our, ourselves, so let's not get fucking away here. <laughs> I remember Swiss Chalet, so do you. Yeah, yeah, so do we. <laughs> Yo, and I just want to give a shout-out, because this Trent Jr. pickup has been a really good pickup for the Toronto Raptors. Uh, Absolutely. Last night, yeah. 44 points, career high. Like, how can you really fight that? Who was this guy before he came to Toronto? Well, yeah. that was the thing. He was behind other players, so he was a bench guy in Portland. It opened up the door for him, and... It's worked out well for the Raps. He took the reins and went with it, man. I like him, too. Very good. He's a young kid, too. It's look, looking like a real good trade, even though uh, – who didn't want to get rid of Powell? Was it Sneezy? Or, uh, yeah. yeah, it was me. Yeah. You were wrong. But, uh, yeah. but I was uh, – but like I said also, was I was I was fine with it because I said he was getting – we're getting a better version, plus we have control over him in the offseason this, this yeah. year. So I said it was a pretty good trade at that time. I just wanted picks with it. That was my only issue with that. Trade. So you're greedy. That's all. <laughs> and then I also said that Larry has to sign. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, after not trading him, they have to. So yeah, yeah I bet he he's will, staying though. a Raptor. He's promised to stay with the Raptors and retire a Raptor. So that'll kind of give you. No, no, no. He well, promised to retire yeah, a Raptor. Yeah, yeah. That's different. Should challenge him, Pete. Yeah, Come on, man. Uh, <laughs> Son of a bitch. At the end of the day, yes, he promised to retire. He didn't promise anything else. So that's accurate. So speaking of Lauer, he's still out with a foot infection. He's been out since late, late March. He could return soon. Uh, I've heard it's possible he could re- return tonight against the Knicks, but I'm not uh, I'm not, not holding my breath on that one. And then Freddie Van Vliet, he's still been out, so he was out for that game on Tuesday. Uh, he's out with a, a left hip flexor and no no timetable for his return but he will still have to uh, serve that one game suspension from running out under the court when he does return. So pretty much when he's 95% ready, come back, get your suspension. And then, <laughs> I mean, you might as well. Right. So yeah. Yo, Yoshi, you said a foot infection. Like, are you kidding me? Like what kind of sports are we watching here? Serious, serious I, athletes. Oh foot. my gosh. Yeah, like it is a foot <laughs> some Dr. Yeah. Scholes, man. Like, are you kidding so, me? Oh, so, some yeah. boom, tough acting, ten acting. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's for heartburn, but you know, whatever it takes, you shouldn't be missing games for that. Sorry, I mean, well, hey, it depends how infected that foot is. Yeah, and if his foot is three times the size of normally, that's going to be pretty tough to run around, right? Yeah, yeah. if you can't step on it, then you know, that- didn't Jordan, didn't Michael Jordan cut a piece of his shoe so he could play the NBA finals in one with a big toe injury? Okay. But it's not the NBA finals. 
It's fucking... But he still played with an injury. He also played yeah, with a flute. They're in eleventh place. It's April, and they're in eleventh place. <laughs> yeah. All I'm saying is, if this is sticky or stinky feet syndrome, yeah, they probably got just get him back in there. That's, that's ridiculous. Pretty sure it's, it's old man. He might get hurt more. <laughs> Yeah, Jess, you're right. He could end up hurting himself more. Like he could be end up compensating for his foot and then could hurt, you know, do something else. So it ends up just being better. Yeah. You definitely yeah, don't want that. Although if he gets hurt, maybe it'll be easier to sign the offseason at a cheaper. Ooh, rate. there you go. Play him, play him. <laughs> play the man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So sticking with the NCAA. Uh, we had a bracket challenge uh, over the last couple of weeks. Jesse won. Last week's show was done on the Sunday before the finals, so we could not update you on the winner. So we'll do that right now, which I know it's a little old, but uh, deal with it. So <laughs> Baylor, Baylor ends up beating Gonzaga. Gonzaga's uh, undefeated season goes down the drain in the final final game of the year. They lost eighty six to seventy, and uh, yeah, it does suck because we were all looking for that point uh, extra plus three to really pull plus away. Plus three, yeah, yeah. that would have been huge, but. But uh, Kev, Kev got the lucky break there that we didn't uh, we didn't get the Gonzaga win. So yeah, uh, uh, Gonzaga ended up turning the ball over 14 times, leading to 19 points, which is not good at all. And when I was looking into some of the stats there, Baylor dominated on the offensive glass, 14 to one. Like that's crazy. You need to, you know, Talks Gonzaga needs to get on. Yeah, they got to get in on that offensive glass. One rebound, that's pretty bad. I think both of those not getting any or next to no offensive rebounds and turnovers, I think was, uh, was the spell of, of why they lost or, or how they lost. So it's unfortunate for that undefeated season to go down, but uh, it is what it is. Kind of a letdown with the finals being the way they were Zaga getting dominated compared to Zaga versus uh, UCLA. That was a game to have. And then the finals just ended up being, Rather boring. And, you know, I saw a, a way too early uh, rankings for next year's March Madness. And Gonzaga, I'm pretty sure, was number one. Number two, UCLA. After being number 11, starting in the first four and then making it all the way to the finals, they've really jumped up to, to being that number, the way too early number two seed. So yeah. um, that's pretty cool. So then on the women's side, we had uh, Stanford versus Arizona. Stanford beat... Arizona 54 to 53. Arizona didn't play the greatest. Uh, although they did have 12 steals and 12 points off turnovers, they had zero second chance points and they just didn't look like they were, uh, you know, they looked outclassed. They really did. Uh, it looked, you know, the, the game was closer uh, in, in score than I believe it really was, especially Stanford in the paint. 36 points in the paint out of those 54. That's a lot. What the other guys have? Offhand, I don't know. Oddly enough, I, I was looking into it. I'm like, Stanford only had two free throws. And I thought that was crazy. So obviously there was more fouls. They just hadn't gone into the bonus and hadn't been shooting extra extra free throws, but only two. So they were 100% on free throws. Obviously those two points, maybe that was the difference, right? Yeah. They won the game by one. So. Not getting fouled on shots, I guess. Yeah. But anyway, it looked like it was a half-decent game. Um, I wasn't able to watch it, unfortunately after watching a bunch of the games leading up to it, it's, it's always good to watch the final, but unfortunately I wasn't able to. So, but that's it for uh, March Madness for another, another year. I think next week, Kev, you had mentioned 
or not next week, next year. You had mentioned that you wanted to do a bracket challenge for the women's. Why not? We're doing it for the men's anyways. Yep. So I think we'll do that. And uh, then there's a little bit, some more points we can get or lose, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. We'll see if one of us can actually wind up picking the right winner next yeah. year. Kevin's just going to keep losing. Sorry, Grandpa. Just you're kind of out of tune. I just go with the underdogs a lot. I don't always have to sit there and take number ones all the way through. Clearly, we know that with Brady. <laughs> strategy. It won me the points, but it was a good strategy. That's true. That's true. But it's still a bitch move. <laughs> hey, Kev, just to let you know, if the Blue Jays win the World Series, I'll take back every bad thing I've ever said to you because I know that I that's won't. one of your uh, <laughs> predictions. But usually you're wrong. Just saying. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. Oh, we had one thing, big, big thing happened in the NFL offseason was uh, Sam Darnold is now a Carolina Panther. He was traded for a six-round pick in this year's draft and a second-round pick for in 2022 and a fourth-round pick in 2022. I was kind of shocked that I got a second out of him, but it was – he, he hasn't had a lot of talented around him and he had obviously Adam Gase there who really was not a quarterback whisperer that the Jets had thought he was going to be. And it should so have been evident in Chicago, man. Fuck. Pardon? It should have been evident in Chicago. Yeah. So you're saying the Panthers will be what? better than the bears and the Falcons this year. Is that what you're saying, Jesse? <laughs> <laughs> I saying this. That's, no, that's I, what I, I heard. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying that uh, he'll be starting for sure over Teddy Bridgewater. I think that's a pretty cool name, though. You're paying a second round pick for that. He's gonna be he's gonna be starting for sure over Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know my fantasy at Bridgewater, but, and I did all right with him, but I still lost. So we'll see how that goes. He, he was all right at the beginning of the season, then he kind of started stinking it up. But with uh, Joe Brady as the OC, he. Uh, he seems like he knows what he's doing a little bit, and it'll be interesting to see what Darnold can do. There's McCaffrey there, which uh, hopefully now that he has a running back that's actually going to be stable back there if he stays healthy, should be yeah, fairly should good. Should take a ton of pressure off of Sam. Yeah. At the yeah, end of the sure. day, guys, does it matter? Because Brady's about to back-to-back this. And you know it. Oh, fuck off, man. He is not. I don't even call them to even be in the Super Bowl next year. Even with KC won't even be in the Super Bowl next year. Yo, Grandpa. Both Ooh, those guys that's... will not be in the Super Bowl. I guarantee you that. Yo, Grandpa. That's a hot I'll take. call you Tampa on my Bay's cell phone nowhere, 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 nowhere going to be in the Super Bowl <laughs> next year. Brady will win again. You're hearing it right now. You guys can call me back in a year from now and tell me I was right and how Grandpa was wrong. It's crazy that they re-signed all 22 starters. That's that is crazy. Brady effect. Yeah. Uh, that's the Brady yeah, effect. For sure. He took a huge pay cut or extension and getting paid barely anything and just to get a, do a repeat yeah. again. I mean, you're already rich, right? So just go out to win some fucking trophies. Yeah. It's just too bad he's not going to do it next year. <laughs> you know why, DeLine? Because fuck Brady. Fuck that guy. Yeah. F the Falcons too, Kev. Who are the Falcons? Like, I don't even know what the first name of that team is. That's how great they are. (laughs) Dion. You got nothing, buddy. Dion. Dion. (laughs) Dion Sanders, man. It's going back a ways. 
back before you were alive, Ryan. <laughs> You're the only one in this that would know that, Grandpa. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to challenge that. Dion was yeah, around. He's definitely yeah, alive. Yeah, 100%. He was definitely alive. No, Ryan wasn't alive. Yeah, yes, he, he was. was. Big challenge, Kev. What are you going to do now, bud? <laughs> For sure. What year was he drafted? What's his face there, Dion? I was born in 84, so... And yeah, for sure. Yeah, Kev, I don't really let, appreciate you getting my personal information out on this podcast right now, but <laughs> if it's going to dock you points, I'm all about it. 1989, yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, he's drafted 89. So what the fuck just happened? Who won a point and who lost a point there? I did. I won a point. Kevin lost a point. And what about the line? Was he in that at all? No. I, I agreed with Josh there too, but I don't care. I got like I, I I think everybody gets I a said, point. Kevin's minus. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Nevax. Okay, we'll and, just do Josh anyway, and Kevin. We're gonna be moving on from this. San Fran, after we thought that he might like, go with the uh, Trey Lance with a third overall pick, are thinking Mac Jones now, as per uh, Brian Baldinger, Adam Rank, and Charlie Casterly, who are big draft guys on the NFL yep. Network. This kind of reminds me of Trubisky almost going for Matt. Uh-oh. <laughs> like you still have Justin Fields there. Like I know we, we were discussing that it was Trey Lance and everything like that, but now they're not even saying Trey Lance is even in the discussion. It's between Fields and, uh, and Mac, hmm. which is shocking. I don't know like what everyone else feels about that, but I don't think he has the – the talent to be that yeah i think we were all pretty uh pretty adamant that that trey land seemed to be in that spot seemed to be the right pick for san francisco or at least talent wise maybe not personality maybe maybe that's the case maybe lance doesn't have the right personality for san fran that will kind of never we wouldn't know because we we don't have personal contact with these guys so speak for yourself oh challenge sorry Pete. challenge why do you tell us challenge. Yeah, that... <laughs> just kidding let's see a text message <laughs> <laughs> yeah what when did gotta you keep my private conversations DMs? private all right so other news in san fran is uh nick bosa looks like he's getting back from uh the acl tear with no issues saw a video of him running sideways which is the main thing that that the acl is used for like when they he cuts sideways so he looked like he had no issue uh running straight is it doesn't have a huge effect on it but uh especially bending around that corner that he has to do for playing that outside linebacker spot. It'll be, or DN edge, whatever you want to call challenge. it. Challenge. Um, what are you challenging? An ACL is front to back MCL is side to side. You said ACL was side to side. It affects the side to side movement. I mean, it's ob- obviously both affect each other, but I partially <laughs> tore my MCL and the doc said it was from my side to side, a hit from side to side. Fucking Josh is on fire here. eh? Just firing them off. If I'm right. Yeah, I always thought the ACL was the, the side. ACL controls back and forth motion of your knee. The anterior cruciate ligament, which is what an ACL is, by the way. Huh. Huh. Did you pronounce that right, or should we challenge? <laughs> I nailed it. I'll have you know. <laughs> I, I'm going to call that a win for Josh. I don't know. Front to back. Check what an MCL is now. Let's see if it gives you a little bit more. Hey, Siri, what's an MCL? <laughs> Fucking gay. The medial collateral ligament, 
or tibial collateral ligament, is one of the four major ligaments of the knee. Would you like to hear more? No, I think that's good. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's carry on, and we'll continue to look mm -hmm. this up, and we'll we'll make a judgment call later. Yeah, I'm going to do some medical fucking research here because you bastards made me, but it's fine. <laughs> Why didn't you guys ask Google? Maybe Google's smarter than Siri. Okay, here we go. The MCL medial collateral ligament, by the way, prevents lateral movement of the tibia on the femur, which I think is side to side, side lateral to side. side to side. I'm going to call it a win. I don't know. Yo, Kevin, that picture, you just look pretty weak after Yosh did his, just so you know. <laughs> I wasn't even flexing, boys. <laughs> Josh and Kevin are both showing us which way which way the beach is. <laughs> it's that way. You just can't really see Kev's, but it's okay at your age. All right, Yosh. I'll, 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 I'll agree to that. That was a, that was a good challenge. I thought, I thought it, uh, ACL was more side-to-side -side movement. Okay. Uh, and just letting you guys know, Taylor Gabriel, I know Josh and uh, Kevin are huge fans of this guy because he played for their crappy teams. <laughs> yeah. Big fucking fan. <laughs> He's retired after six seasons. It, did it say why? Like I was trying to find out, and it didn't really like specify why. Was he just? Didn't, didn't you see his shot in just, the pool? He's got fucking lots of money. Well, he's got a pool. He's in the sunshine. What the fuck do you need to work for? That's just it. When you you know, especially in a contact sport, right? Let, look yep. at Barry Sanders. He retired early, so they didn't lose the quality of life, right? So I was just wondering if that was the case or if there was some underlying injury that we didn't really know about or does he just suck and nobody wants him? You know, maybe a combination. I can't it. believe you put Could Taylor Gabriel and Barry Sanders in the hey, same Hey, I'm just talking about retiring early, <laughs> man. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's probably because no one really wants him because he, he, he didn't play last year, right? Yeah. So... He just wanted to make a splash saying he's retiring, I guess, if anything. Oh, like I said, I, I mean, it's hard to say what you would do in that situation, right? Like, a, especially if you hadn't won a championship yet because he played with Cleveland, Chicago, and Atlanta. So clearly there's no chance for a Super Bowl, especially if Atlanta's playing Tampa, or not Tampa, Tom. Tom. <laughs> right, Kev? Fuck Tom. <laughs> We all love number 12, Tom Brady. Best ever. Best there is. Best there was. Best there ever will be. It's like some Bret Hart stuff. You know it. I thought some wrestling jargon for you. Mm -hmm. On Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. We have golf is what goes on on Sunday. Just as a uh, recap here, the Masters um, started up at 11 o'clock today. Uh, as of right now, your leaders are somewhat the same from uh, yesterday. You have Matt uh, Suma. He's still sitting at minus 11. He's even so far at this round. Zaptolis is minus one, which is uh, showing to be minus eight so far at this round. Uh, Shifley is even with minus seven so far at this round. Connors is uh, right now even at a minus six, so he's only trailing by five, which is decent. Speaking of Connors, the good old Canadian boy from Listable, hits a uh, hole in one on the sixth hole is the sixth person to ever do so at that hole. Uh, the very first person to ever hit a hole-in-one at the Masters was also a Canadian from London, Ontario, Ross Summer or Somerville. He did it at, uh, what, 1936 is when he did it as an amateur. 
there at the uh, good old uh, Masters. And Augusta. Yes. So that's all we got so far is the Masters. And uh, it's anybody's game here, man. I mean, I had DeChambeau to win it. DeChambeau is obviously, I think he's what, tied for 39th or 37th or something now. I'm just looking that up. He's tied for 46th right now at a plus five. So uh, he was in danger of missing the cut too. Yesterday, he yeah. Good, he had a good second day. And, uh, well, then he finally realized he doesn't have to pull out that driver. Just use your three woods or your, your hybrids instead of, you know, like you said before the show started, Yosha. I mean, this, this course is not meant for a long drivers or those power hitters. It's more of a finesse course. For sure. Especially how fast it's playing this year. Yeah. Well, we all hope that you're. Um, wrong with the Blue Jays compared to your golf uh, predictions, but uh, I'll leave it at that. Connors is not, I'm not saying he's not going to win it, but I mean, they, they've said um, out of the top 10 people are the ones that have the best chance of, of coming off with a win. And I'm not saying Connors would, uh, would not be one of them. I mean, he's only, he's only five back and they're not even through five holes yet. So there's a lot of game to go on. He was my choice before the hole in one yesterday. So, well, I wouldn't count him out. I mean, good, good Canadian kid, especially from uh, not too far away. From Letterkenny, Ontario. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I went into a master's uh, pool. First time I've done a master's pool. So I picked eight players all uh, done up in tiers. And uh, the last your your worst two scores wouldn't count. Oh uh, boy, I, I took a bunch of the you know the favorites to win. Bryson, I took uh, Dustin Johnson. I took Rory. Rory didn't make the cut. Johnson didn't make the cut. Bryson's been shit. I took Lee Westwood, thinking maybe he'd be a half decent player. Shit, uh, it was crazy. The first two days just was brutal on these players that normally would do well, and uh, so I quickly lost that uh, that pool, or it was ten bucks down the drain, but. <laughs> But I'm having fun with it. And <laughs> well, so maybe I'll do another one next time and be better. You got to start choosing winning teams. So if you want a winning team, the Buccaneers are taking people on the bandwagon all day, Yosh. Uh, I'm not looking for a new football team, man. I'm proud to be a shitty Bears fan. Well, I'm just trying to give you uh, some success. That's how I figured when life, the line you know? came on. This was I, know, how that's it was hey, I have success in my life, just not as a fucking football fan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just one last note on that other stuff. I just want to let you guys know, I don't know if you guys or anybody realized or knew that uh, Austin Matthews, does anyone know what his middle name is? Any of you guys? So I do, just let you know. And his, his middle name is actually Taylor. So uh, it's kind of suiting with this kid because with his uh, initials being ATM, he's nothing but money. <laughs> So, or is it Austin Matthews? Matthews. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. There's some useless information for everybody, but ATM three four. Well, it's only you to be able to give us that useless information, there, Ryan. <laughs> you don't want challenge? Are you sure it's his middle name? As I said when you started that, who cares? <laughs> I don't know enough about hockey, man, to uh, to especially about middle names, right? To yeah. challenge that. I, I'm I know plus three so far, man. I can't take a minus. When's the last yeah, time you heard a commentary guy go sit there and start talking about a goal and this fucking release is the first middle name and last name of the player? That's um, a hot trick for Austin, Austin Taylor, Taylor Matthews. Matthews. 
uh, whatever, man. <laughs> well, they're gonna start calling him the ATM on the on the broadcast now. Yeah. ATM shoots, he scores. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. F the Falcons. F anybody who Nivak or Grandpa likes, and uh, that's about who I'll cheer for. <laughs> hey, hopefully everybody's laughing because I sure as fuck am. <laughs> yeah. Well, Kev Newton is gonna take a beating. What's next, boys? Where did we get to? We in the penalty box yet? Yeah, let's head into the box. Might as well. All right. Who's going first? You want me to go first? You're talking. Okay. My penalty box this week. Canucks general manager, Mr. Jim Benning. He signed Tanner Pearson this week to a three-year, 3.25 AAV contract, which is, I mean, the Canucks love these contracts for middle to bottom six forwards for over $3 million. They got all kinds of guys on these deals. This is another one. And it's not an outrageous deal for Tanner Pearson. He's a good player. But he's a bottom six player, and it's I don't think it's something that Canucks really needed to do because where it leaves them is they have roughly $17 million left this summer, and they need to sign Peterson and Hughes to new contracts. Oh, I think they should get those two players for way less than 17 because none of them are performing this year. So maybe, and they're the, they are their two best players, and – if they somehow manage to sign them for, I don't know, let's call it $6 million each, which I think would be a bargain. That takes up $12 bucks. That leaves $5 million on the cap. They still have to sign like seven or eight other guys to starting spots with $5 bucks. That barely buys you a league minimum salary for each of those guys. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they're doing a good job of managing their cap. I don't know. We'll see if they can work some magic with the Pedersen and the Hughes deals this summer. But I think they're in real bad shape and they should not have signed Tanner Pearson to this deal. So my buddy Jim Benning is in the penalty box for me this week. You've got to assume that he's got some other moves kind of in his head at least to, you know, to only leave that 17 mil. Like You'd like to hope, but who knows? Fair enough. Who knows? We'll see what they do this summer. We'll see if they can work some magic, but I don't think they're in a good spot right now. And they have all kinds of guys on deals that are, they're not tradable. They're not movable. They're bad deals that no one's going to want to take without sweeteners. I think they're in a, they're in a precarious spot. This is a big summer for Jim Benning. And I think signing Tanner Pearson right now was a bad idea. So that's my box. Josh, here you got. In my box this week, we're going to kind of bounce back to the Masters. I've got, I've got a double penalty box this week. Wow. So on the 15th hole, in the first round on Thursday, Bernard Weisberger needed a 43-foot eagle putt. As I said, on the 15th, he sets up for his shot. He hits his shot. And as the commentary stated, I said, oh, this is a big miscue. <laughs> he hits the ball. <laughs> An additional 42 feet past the cup on this so, eagle So that's, that's double, right? That's twice as far as he wanted to go? Yep, just about. It didn't just go twice as far as he wanted it to go. It got wet. He puts it right into the water. Now, this is something that my dad would do. That's something I would do. <laughs> Ricky rocket across the green and into the water. 
That's Fair not enough. true because I would never have an eagle putt. But yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So he's in my box because this is crazy to hit double the distance. Now, I know that the greens and the whole course is playing fast. But to me, that just seems inexcusable, that, that far of a putt uh, or missed putt. How did he end up on the hole? A bogey. He ended up bogeying the hole. So he, he kind of saved it like after going into the water, but he still should have had at least an easy birdie or a really, really easy par. Not, yeah. uh, not the greatest for him on the 15th. And then the next day on the Friday on the 15th hole, Siwoo Kim was not happy on his approach shot. He, and then I, I subsequently his next putt. And he ended up smashing his putter into the ground. He didn't take a full baseball swing or anything, but just kind of shoved it into the ground and he ended up breaking the head right off the shaft. And so he had to continue the rest of, of the round with his three wood as his putter. I guess you could use whatever club you wanted to, but he chose the three wood. Yeah, I'm challenging. As he used the two wood. Pretty sure it was his three wood. What the fuck is a two wood? <laughs> like a hybrid not even mm. that'd be lower a hybrid would be lower okay somebody google that shit so anyway uh used a two or a three wood <laughs> for the remainder of the round and uh, now both of these guys oddly enough were sitting at minus 10 before today which was i think good enough for 10th or 11th spot before the day started so even with these uh these issues they are still playing half decent and you know i've put a good run together today could actually put some pressure on the leaders in the masters today. So those guys are in my box for getting, uh, getting a little crazy at the masters. Just to let you know there, Yosh, that uh, Kim right now is tied for 11th underneath the uh, cheater, Patrick Reed, Patrick Reed, the cheater. And Gosh, he, I see, I do see that. It says three wood here. Yeah. It's three wood. Nice. I'm killing it today, boys. Shit. You're getting fucking boosters from the line. Son yeah. of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I do want to go back to that ACL thing. I did find something on that. Uh-oh. from Boston I, Sports Medical Center. You did seem awfully quiet for the past half hour. Right? I was wondering what you were <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. I, was, I was almost positive. So it says here there are two ligaments on the ACL sides of the knee that give stability to sideways motions. Okay. Which are? It's the ACL and MCL. So they're both for sideways. Didn't you say front to back? Oh, no, you, know, you, said, you did say sideways, yeah. So one is inside and one is outside? Of the knee? Yeah, they're both on there. The MCL is on the uh, the inside. Huh. Is on the inner inner side of the lateral. Say say what it says again. Read read the article. There are two ligaments on the side of the knee, the collateral ligaments that give stability to sideways motion. Medical. Or, uh, oh, it is okay. So you are right. It is the MCL then. I read it incorrectly. Boom. Bang. Beauty. Okay, yeah, that was my penalty box slash uh, recap of my big penalty or uh, big challenge win. <laughs> and uh, Kevin, who's in your penalty box? I have this fan that was uh, chirping uh, Bryce Harper from the Phillies. Was talking about Akuna, mispronouncing Buddy's name the whole entire time, stating to uh, Harper, "You will men, you will never be better than him. As hard as you try, you'll never be as good as him." Well. I would say, first off, if you were in an Atlanta Braves fan, you should definitely know your players and how their names are 
pronounced. So first off there, bud, get it right, Okuna Jr. And it's just the way a Harper turned around and looked back at that fan as well. He's like, you're an idiot, man. Like, so what did the fan say? He was just chirping is uh, that um, Okuna is better than Harper, and he'll never match up to what Harper Jr. is as a baseball player. It was just funny. The video I saw, the fan kept calling him Akuna, 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 and that he that Harper would not be better than Akuna. But in actuality, his name is Acuna. That would be the Spanish pronunciation of it. I don't think it really had anything to do with junior or non-junior. No. But uh, but he the fan was saying Acuna, not Acuna. Right. And I think that's what Bryce turned around and said. You need yeah, to learn the the pronunciation of your own team's names. Yeah, it's just too <laughs> funny to sit there and see. Yeah, basically, Kev's got an American in his in his penalty box for not being able to speak Spanish. <laughs> I just throw a little. It's not that hard. Acuna, you know, yeah, right. roll your R's a little bit. It's not that hard. Come on. And if it wasn't for you know a misplay at home, that the Phillies would have won that game, and we need that fan even look worse. But because the the Play at home was was safe. Braves won. So, Jesse, who do we have there in your box there, bud? Josh, I got two guys. I'm going to put uh, Michael Conforto and Ron Culpa, who was the ump. So what happened here was there was a walk-off by the New York Mets against the Miami Marlins. So what happened was Michael was uh, in the batter's box. He was crowding the plate for sure. And when the Pitch came in, he somewhat leaned into it and it just grazed off his elbow and it would have been strike three. Now that wouldn't have been the end of the inning and everything like that, but Anthony Bass went ballistic because he, he hundred percent, he leaned into the, pitch. Oh, fucking right. He leaned into it. Yeah, oh, I say the same thing. No yeah. Yeah. It was a strike. It was definitely a strike. Yeah. And as the ump even said, even if that it did nick him or anything like that, it was in the strike zone and it was caught. It should have been out. Even he, even the umpire said he made a yeah, mistake. Yeah. He admitted later. Yeah. Later on. I fucked yeah. up. The guy should have been out. Yeah. That's exactly right. He leaned into it and it would have been a strike three and he would have been out. Now it would have been two outs at that point. So the game still would have been going, but it ended up being just a walk off. Yeah. And they reviewed it but they couldn't change it because of the, in the review at all. Really? Even though like, I mean, obviously we just said to us, it looked clear that he leaned in and they, I mean, obviously they didn't change it, but I didn't see they, that game live or anything. So I don't know why, you know, if there was a question or, or a reasoning why they couldn't change it. Usually you can't change it if it's inconclusive, but to me, it looked fucking conclusive. Yeah. It just hit his elbow pad. Challengeable play. Oh, fair enough. If it's not a challengeable play, then. You're yeah, fast. so you can review review it if you're hit by a pitch to see if you got hit by it, but you can't review it to say that it was it could have been a strike because he called called that he got hit by it, and he, he couldn't did. call that yeah, which he did, but he couldn't call it as a strike. So if I'm, I think they've actually played again since, and I wonder if anything came of that game. But if I'm Miami. The next game I play against this guy, I make sure I, I hit him. Sh- I show him what a hit by pitch yeah. actually fucking looks you like. You him, dude. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. I would. I mean, if you're going to lean into a pitch to make it obvious to sit there and get hit purposely, fucking right, I'm going to throw the ball at you next time. Oh yeah, fucking dead center. I'm not going head hunting, but I'm going right at your back of your ribs. Yeah. I might be head hunting. You would head hunt? Really? I might. I totally might be head hunting. Because you're a dick that way. That's why. Oh, you guys know this. 
I, and I think they played against him. So it'd be, I didn't catch the game. I wonder if anything came of that, but for sure, if I'm Miami and that guy is in the batter's box again, I'm fucking hey, man. every, every single time. Do you want to know what a hit by pitch really is? Here you go. Yeah. You're going to need some uh, back braces and such like that besides your elbow. Yeah. I think the Astros got to learn about that last season. Yeah. <laughs> that was a beautiful start. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take the final penalty box spot. Do it. I think it was a little over a week ago, actually, and I'm surprised you guys didn't catch it in last week's uh, penalty box. But uh, at first, I thought I was going to put Connor McDavid in the penalty box, but I'm actually going to switch that over to the NHL. All right. The reason why the NHL will be in my penalty box for last, let's say, two weeks is, I don't know if you guys seen the highlights from Edmonton Oilers playing the Montreal Canadiens. And when uh, McDavid went out of his way three seconds after the puck left to throw a flying elbow at Kotkanemi for the low, low price of a $5,000 fine, that's a little crazy to me. I, I think I would put the NHL in the penalty box just for that. I understand. Just fucking pocket change to any of those freaking NHL players for $5,000. So why wouldn't you go do it again tomorrow? That's the biggest thing. Okay, but to be fair, I don't think the NHL is allowed to find him any more than that. No, but he could have sent, taken him out games. And he could have suspended him, sure. Yeah. I don't know if it's a suspendable play, though. Tom Wilson would, would have seen 20 games for that. Oh, yeah, but that's Tom Wilson. <laughs> that's Tom Wilson. That's, that's that, that guy's a repetitive <laughs> fucking like, beyond repetitive. But, let's be real, though. It was that bad of an elbow. It was that bad. You could compare that to Nelson Kadri, Tom Wilson, uh, any of these goons. And at the end of the day, anyone else would have got more than a $5,000 fine. And you guys all know this. No, you, you can't get more than a $5,000 fine. The, the CBA says that the maximum allowable fine is $5,000. Suspension could be worse, though. Suspension, yeah. And, and that, will cost that, worse. that will cost, like, that'll cost uh, I, yeah. salary checks, but. I don't think it's suspendable though. Like it's definitely a dirty elbow, but it, I don't know. It wasn't that egregious. I don't think it was that. I don't think Kotkaniemi's safety was that much in jeopardy here. It, it was a dirty elbow. He should have got fines and he got fined the most he could. I think if it would have hit his nose or knocked him onto the ground and actually put him out, it might've been a little worse than that. Yeah. It's because he got up after so, Kakanemi, all right, good job for not being a little uh, Bitch. soft. But I don't know. I think it doesn't matter who you are. You got to take a consequence for that, or else I would go out and do that every night for $5,000, wouldn't you? For sure. And just like uh, like Ovi there when he speared Buddy in the nuts, like it, <laughs> he wipes his ass with that 5G. He doesn't care. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm just saying, it doesn't matter who you are. I put the NHL in the penalty box because I think that's just it. It doesn't matter who the player. I know that Connor McDavid brings you in a lot of money. But if there's intent to injure like that, I think it should be taken a lot more serious than that. Fair enough. All right, Pedro. We've come to the point where you update us on our scores. I'm not going to lie, boys. I didn't keep up this week. This was fucking a lot of challenges happening. I think I got all the scores, so I'm going to run through that real quick. But I don't, I don't remember how they all happened. Neither do I. <laughs> so, I got Josh is plus four. Yeah. Kevin is minus two. Jesse is minus one. 
the line is minus three, and I was zero. I just fucking stayed out all Never the shit. bitch. <laughs> Good job, Switzerland. Good job. Okay, so here's what I remember. I remember the Leafs record being challenged that Kevin and DeLine both lost a point. I remember the MCL versus ACL. The winning streak, yes, sorry. The MCL versus ACL, that Josh got a point. Jesse lost a point. The three-wood versus two-wood, that Josh got a point. (laughs) DeLine lost a point. That's all I fucking remember. I don't know where the other points came from anymore. So there's a bunch that I'm missing. I think two, I guess, that I'm There was the one with uh, Kevin thought that the line wasn't alive when Dion was there. Yeah, that's right. Dion, which I was not involved in, which sucks, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't even remember the last, my last plus one. <laughs> we'll have to listen to uh, listen to the to the recording again. Yeah. Yeah, just don't listen to that WWE uh, Hall of Fame. Well, that's been done and over <laughs> with, man. I fucked that one up. That was a long time ago, man. I've grown. I've grown yeah. from that uh, that yeah. shitty challenge. Yeah. How come Kevin hasn't? <laughs> what are you talking That's about? That's a dirty look. <laughs> if only you could see our faces. Uh, we, we might be on YouTube one day. Just wait and see. Okay, so I think everybody's uh, okay with those numbers, Peter. So what do we got for season scores? Okay, so that brings the season totals to... Peter is still ahead at plus four. Jesse is in second at zero. Josh jumps up into a tie for second at zero. Out of the basement. Minus four going into today. Four points for Josh. Big fucking week. Kevin dropped down to minus five. Rough week for Kev. And DeLine in his first outing. His first (laughs) at bat, you might say. Minus three on the day. That's no good. That's not. Well, you you guys help. didn't bring me out for my intelligence. <laughs> it was, it was good for me. It Let's be real. Yeah, <laughs> just, just feeding Josh boosters all day. <laughs> it was just beating up on Kevin. If that's all I showed up for today, knee but back, you didn't. Grandpa. You didn't even win any. <laughs> yeah, I did though. I you challenged didn't. him on the eight. And you both lost. No, you lost. No, because I knew six. it was six. Uh huh. Uh huh. Seven first. I know I said seven first. You're all idiots. Let's go into how is your drink. <laughs> well, how's your drink, Peter? My drink, it was good. It's a strong tasting beer, which is to be expected at 6.8%. Jesse. And uh, it was good. It's a flavorful beer. I could drink a few more again. What variety was it again? It is a Wellington Brewery Upside Hazy, Juicy, and Tropical IPA. Not too far from my house, down in Guelph. Yeah, I might, I might just have it again. Deline, how was your drink? Oh uh, well, you asked about one, but can I answer for three? <laughs> Absolutely. Just kidding. Uh, my drink was good. Of course, it's nice and smooth. I did better than Jesse this week, which is all I wanted to get out of this week <laughs> on the podcast. So, see that Jesse, suck it, and. Uh, See the yeah. minus three as well. Kev, how was your drink? <laughs> My sipper was actually pretty decent. Went down real smooth, went down real quick. Good old Crown Royal and butterscotch. You uh, barely had any. It was great. It was good. <laughs> Jesse, how was your drink? Well, as you all point out, it was uh, 
wasn't one of the strongest ones the first time you guys had beaten me. Bitch. But it, I think it would be really good on a Sunday morning baseball to have. It's uh, perfect for that and everything. Very tasty. And that was uh, the MVP brewing. And the beer was called the Game Changer. Josh, how was yours? Take a hike from Upper Thames Brewery. Hey, fuck you too, bud. <laughs> was, was really good. Uh, double dry hopped ale, 6.0 strong beer. It was pretty, pretty damn tasty. It's at a Woodstock, like I said, Upper Thames Brewing. And it was really good. I, you know, I fucked up again. I only got one, so I had to have some backups. But, you know, I get all excited when I'm at the liquor store. I'm like, ooh, that one looks good. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And then I but forget to buy two of them. Jesse. Yeah, exactly. I buy in twos every time. See, I, I went and I bought like probably 15 of them at once. So <laughs> I haven't, I, I've learned now. So the next time I reload, I'll be getting at least two. So uh, Take a Hike was really good. I really enjoyed it. And I'll definitely have it again. So guys, that uh, pretty much wraps it up for today. So I want to thank our Murphy's Law giveaway winner, Ryan, or AKA DeLine for coming out. Thanks for all the points. Thanks for ripping Kev. Thanks for the extra laughs. And for everyone else here at Points of Penalties, I want to thank everyone for listening. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Points Penalties. And until next week, stay out of the penalty box. box.